0: a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. Welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. As always, I got a fantastic guest for you today. I've got Connor Doob is an active speaker, entrepreneur, founder, Of the B2B Mentors Podcast, marketing writer, and all-around B2B marketing nerd. So he's got tons of experience. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Um, And his biggest sales transformation story is that he started at the age of seven. Yeah, that's right. Seven years old. Managed a sales team to generate 10.8 million in one and a half years at 22 trained and coached hundreds cents so i know there's going to be a ton of nuggets in here connor welcome to sales transformation
1: yo yo good to be here love my sales peeps yeah
0: man i have to admit that's the first time i read your bio and i was kind of impressed as i was reading it
1: (laughs) yeah people are like how old are you dude and i'm you know i'm i'm pretty young but i've got started early you know i hit the ground running pretty early on
0: seven years old is a pretty early start Uh uh-huh Yeah. What were you selling at seven years old? What is that? A rock?
1: Rocks. (laughs) My first business, weirdly enough, when I was seven years old, I, um, when, uh, the Twin Towers went down, 9-11 and Mm. I wanted to find a way to get back and, uh, always kind of had that entrepreneur, you know, both my parents were entrepreneurial real estate people. So I grew up in that environment. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so what I did is I took rocks from my neighbor's yard, like landscaping rocks, like ugly ass landscaping rocks. And I took rocks from my parents' yard and I painted them with like American flags and patriotic symbols, peace signs. And I sold them at a motorcycle rally. And, um, you know, raised about $150 and donated donated it all to the rebuild efforts. Nice. You so, probably... it shows you can you can sell anything. You can oh, yeah. take anything that exists, innovate on it a bit, and uh, repackage it in a great way and with a great message and sell it away.
0: Including rocks.
1: Including rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought, right? 100%. Uh, per-
0: pretty creative at, at seven years old. So walk me through through your journey there. Uh, started with selling rocks. Then let's talk a little bit about, you know, generating 10.8 million in 1. 1.5 years. Let's tell me about that experience.
1: Yeah. So I started with this company when I was um, paying my way through college. I actually started doing door-to-door sales for this company. I so it. I did door-to-door sales for two and a half years Paying my way through school. Most people, if you've ever done door-to-door sales, don't last two and a half weeks. Uh, you know, let alone two and a half days. Sometimes it is the most brutal form of sales. You go to someone's house, disrupt their day, try to convince them to buy something. You know, yeah. when I when I finally came across a family of nudists, believe it or not, and I had to pitch this guy and and look into his eyes. While he was butt naked in front of me, uh, you know, I quit shortly. I didn't quit. I actually got promoted into another department and it was much more of a managerial role. So I was managing, you know, about 25 uh, uh, sales folks and marketing folks. Some of them were three times my age at the time. No joke. And uh, we just went hard, man, and and built that thing from $4.5 million to where that department set to 10.8 in a year and a half.
0: And what were, what were you selling?
1: Windows. This was a window business.
0: Okay. Not rocks.
1: So, not rocks. <laughs> not rocks. I wonder if I could have done, if I stuck to the rocks from the age of seven to the age of 22, I wonder if I would have made my first million that way.
0: Yeah. But maybe, uh, who knows? We'll never know. Hindsight's 2020.
1: Know, it's never late to get back into the business, I guess.
0: I I love salespeople. That got their uh, got their start knocking on doors uh, there's part of me that's a little jealous that wish part of my story was knocking on doors because it's just it's just like it's just a it's just an incredible story to start there and stick with it and be successful because uh-huh. like you mentioned, it is one of the hardest jobs like it's one thing to be counting the phones and interrupt somebody's day in the middle of an email, but it's a whole nother thing to interrupt somebody's day after a hard day's work in the middle of their dinner with their family.
1: (laughs) Dude, I've had my pants eaten by dogs. I've had the cops called on me more times than I can count. I've been shoved down driveways from folks who were not very happy. And actually, I guess in hindsight, that wasn't my first major sales experience because I did do cold calling for an insurance company in high school. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that was also brutal. I was calling on, you know, older folks and uh, convincing them to buy insurance <laughs> over the phone or sign up to do appointments for insurance uh, back in high school. So it's just kind of like, I, I, I didn't like it. Like I didn't like sales, but I knew it was a great way to make money. And um, I knew if I wanted to be great and I wanted to be a millionaire someday that I had to learn how to sell.
0: Yeah. I I love that because, you know, anybody who has the entrepreneurial bug or spirit, uh, sales is the number one skill that I always recommend. They learn like before you go think you're going to build the best thing or provide the best service or be the best at whatever it is. Like, I don't care if it's photography or marketing or you know, reselling a service or whatever it is that you think you're great at or building the best product. Nobody's going to care if you don't know how to sell it. Learning sales before becoming an entrepreneur, I think is essential. Um, and you clearly saw that, um, it, you know, because you even said you you actually didn't like sales, but you knew it, it was needed in order to be successful in, in whatever you wanted to do.
1: Yeah, I got, I, I mean, I went and earned my marketing degree, um, because I'm like, do I want to be in sales or do I prefer more of the marketing side of things? as, you know, young and ignorant come to realize like you have to be great at sales to be a great marketer. And by the way, sales guys, sales ladies, sales folks, you got to be great at marketing to be great at sales today as well. So yeah. there's a, there's a yin and yang to that too. And I talk about that quite a bit is, you know, I'm, I'm a, marketer in a salesperson's body. And I think that's really where salespeople need to focus, prioritize their efforts, um, learn and understand marketing that you as a salesperson pretty much are a marketer. When you cold call somebody, when you send them an email, when you send a video pitch, you are marketing to those people and you have to control your pipeline and you need to figure out how to scale your pipeline if you're going to do more business. Like The thing that was great about this company that I watched go uh, when I started with them from like, man, I I can't recall exactly. They're maybe like $30 million in sales total. Mm -hmm. And they went from 30 when I left after working with them for three and a half years, um, they exploded to like $80 million. And the reason is they were beast at getting in front of enough of the right people and consistently staying in front of them. And that's what I've learned through door-to-door sales, cold calling, you know, anything I've sold over the years.
0: Right. And and I totally agree that sellers have to have marketing skills if they want to be successful. Like whether they want to view what they're doing as a sales or a marketing activity, like, you know, getting people's attention, whether it's through the phone, social media, email, I mean, your messaging, your copywriting, you know, being creative, those are all skills that are more important for sellers today that they didn't have to have before. 100%. And Creating so content.
1: How, I mean, look at what you guys
0: do. Right. I mean, how can a how can a seller level up their marketing skills or get started on like you know, getting some of the good foundations that they need to essentially be a better seller with those marketing
1: skills. I think understanding that it's very simple simple formula, like focus X content, focus times content in one formula plus reach times consistency equals more sales. So if you can reach more of the right people and you can consistently stay in front of them, you're going to be able to do more business, but you also need an area you can focus. And content is the delivery vehicle for becoming a great marketer/slash salesperson. Content equals context. In fact, um, there's stat or mo- most of your their B two B sales, right? Like that's right, who we're talking yeah. to is B B two B sellers. The statistics show if you're the service provider, if you're the vendor that's able to get in front of that prospect when they're in that cycle and you're able to get in front of them first, but more importantly, you provide more insights and content and information to them throughout the sales cycle, you're upwards of 70 to 80% more likely to win that business than your competitors. So consider how much value you're providing on a regular basis at the top of the funnel, at the middle of the funnel, and the numbers don't lie. You are going to get more business in the door by approaching things that way. And also something that shifts in the world of B2B sales, right? 80% of the sales process for your buyers is already done before they're talking to you as a salesperson. So are you the salesperson that's providing that 80% of guidance through that cycle, through that process, or are your competitors doing it? So content is the delivery vehicle for this content equals context as to what you're about, what your personality is like, what expertise you have, how you're able to help people and why you're better than anybody else out there in the marketplace.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's so many good things in there. And, and, and that, that point there, you know, where 80% of the decision or the research is done before they've reached out to a salesperson is so important because there's so many people that are scared to give away all their good ideas, right? (laughs) Or, you know, and, and you've got to front load with value. You've got to provide and position yourself as the person or the company that's providing that education to them in that process to be considered and be considered in higher regard than some of your competition that's maybe not, right? If you're the person Mm. or if you're the company that provided that content that made that maybe challenged their thinking a little bit, that made them consider something that they didn't know, that taught them something that they weren't aware of, what do you think the likelihood is that you're going to be one of the, you know, potential final choices as a vendor?
1: Much higher. And 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 also, you could be prospecting and trying to get that meeting with their prospects, right? You may be trying to get that meeting today, but you got to realize as a B2B seller, time, money, need, opportunity, all these things have to align on the other person's end. They may love you, they may like you, and they may be ignoring <clears throat> you, too, by the way. Uh, and if you're, throughout that process, providing relevant, valuable, information, even if it's your, what you consider your secret sauce, you're Mm going to say it different than your competitors in a way that's going to be more attractive to your buyers. But if you're prospecting folks, again, all those things have to align. So if you're more consistent at being in front of them and being out there, when timing does align, you're going to be the person that they respond to. We get turned off as sellers because we're prospecting and we're you know, trying to get people to agree to get a meeting with us. And again, yeah, they maybe have ignored you for the first 20 touch points, but also first off, what touch points are you doing? And it all comes down to what's going on on their end. So if you stay with it, it may be a year down the road that they agree to talk to you.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I can give you even a couple of examples here too. Um, You know, I I talk often about using a podcast to drive sales, right? And whether that's creating a show where you build relationships with people that can drive revenue through being strategic about the guests that you have on, uh, or whether you provide content that's educational to the type of buyers that you want to provide value to, right? Those are two high level. Uh, another one is potentially bringing on partners, people that you can collaborate with to drive revenue. There's a lot, those are kind of high level three options. But one that I had actually never considered that somebody had mentioned yesterday is they... Their podcast is their way of creating content to educate in that mid funnel. So people that have already engaged with them that are on their email list, they literally just want to provide educational content to those people because it helps improve conversion and move them down the funnel.
1: 100%. And you don't have to be the expert at everything. That's a great thing about podcasting. People miss understand the value as a salesperson or a company that's trying to grow your sales of having a podcast and I've experienced this over the years right Mm -hmm. Um, number one is the ability to create very easy relationships I can go to almost any prospect and if I say hey I have XYZ product and service you want to talk to me like no Um, or I can say hey by the way we have this platform let's say I'm going to chief marketing officers right I'll reach out to a chief marketing officer and say, hey, we have an audience of other CMOs in your industry who would love to hear about your insights, your information, um, you know, kind of your career path. Would you be interested in being interviewed on our podcast to share that? Eight out of nine out of 10 people are going to say yes because they want to give back in their career. They want to be yep. recognized. They love being featured and highlighted and showcased. That's why people push and shove in their career to get to where they're at. And so you as a seller can play on that to build new relationships and you're getting infinite amounts of content from recording a single podcast. Like we're doing this podcast now, Colin can take this, transcribe it, and then boom, you have a, a blog article. You can take a micro clip and then boom, you have video. You have the audio, obviously, for podcasts. You can create micrograms. You can create quotes and memes from it. So, um, it is like the best method to get new leads and to get great marketing content for any stage people are at in the sales funnel. And regardless of what
0: role you're in, because I can't tell you how often people think like, Oh, I need to be at this level or this you know level of success or have this title or this role or be this to be a host or a thought leader and it's so not true this is for anybody mm. like this solves so many problems another example is is you know Connor you're really making a, a solid point about you know needing to create content to drive leads and that could be with the people that you bring on your show but what most people don't understand is most of your leads are not the people that necessarily like or comment or engage with your content, but they're the consumers of your content. So it's easy to get frustrated and think, oh, I'm not you know, getting as much as engagement as I would like to, um, but you just got to keep the machine going and it does work. You know, I can't tell you how many times I get DMs of people who are interested that have never engaged with any piece of content. Oh, yeah but are interested in what I do because of what they've seen.
1: Oh yeah. Don't underestimate who's watching you or listening to you. Like I've had uh, same experience. I've had people DM me, email me like, Hey dude, I've been watching you for years. I love your stuff. Love to see if you can help me with i Z. I'm like, who the heck are you? I've never seen you around. I've never right. seen you engage with any yeah. of my content before, but That's the. I mean, this is my second podcast, uh, B2B Mentors, my podcast is the second podcast I've launched in four years of doing this. And it takes time to build a listenership and audience on anything, especially because there's an abundance of platforms out there. So the good, the cream really rises to the top. But at the end of the day, number one is um, the people you reach out to to have as guests are powerful connections that you can use as partners, subject matter experts, authority. Like if I'm side by side with, um, you know, I was just did a meeting with Kevin Harrington at Shark Tank, uh, the original shark at Shark Tank. Yeah. Like if I've got me on camera with Kevin Harrington, that, that increases my authority level significantly. Yeah. And anybody can do this, but you can also do this with your prospects. I have prospects I want to get in contact with and have a genuine relationship with cuz those are the people I like to do business with. So why not have them on my podcast? Right. Who cares how many people are listening? They're going to have value for them because they're going to get content out of it and my podcast may pop 5 years from now and they were there as a guest and get that get that real estate.
0: Well, just the I mean just the relationship equity that you have there through creating and collaborating and creating content together is such a different relationship than somebody who you got on a discovery call. Yes, like you know, so that and I can't tell you how many you know. You go on a lot of podcasts. I I tend to go on a lot myself, and I can't tell you how many podcast hosts totally miss the opportunity of building and nurturing a relationship with people. It's like so many will have you on the show, ask you to promote the show, and then you never hear from them again. And I don't know if you've experienced that too, but it's such a missed opportunity.
1: They don't even fucking tell me when they publish the episode. Oh, damn it. I worst. mean, I spend my 30 minutes with you providing some fire content because I, I I give the best content when I do podcast interviews. And you didn't even tell me when you publish the damn episode. But even something as simple as like, okay, like there's not immediate opportunity with those people who you're engaging with in this format. Add them to your email list and email them the other content and interviews that you're doing. And they're right. minimally going to have you top of mind up here. Right. And if you're right. connected on social and you're putting content out there, then you're just staying top of mind. And then a year from now, they're like, Hey, that Connor dude. Oh yeah. They provide uh, content marketing services. We need help with that. I should reach out to him. I know him already. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and here's sort of like an example, right? Is, is when you don't do that, and then you decide to reach out like 6 9 months later and you want something not going to happen <laughs> cuz you didn't invest in the relationship right even if it was just like providing value sending them other content engaging with them you know maybe inviting them to some events or master classes or anything that you're doing that's value based maybe providing them a guide maybe making you know p- introducing them to go on some other shows if they were a great guest like there's just the list is endless you know, if you don't invest in a relationship and then you come back six or nine months later asking for something, mm. it was a huge missed opportunity and you're not going to get whatever it is you're asking for in most cases.
1: This, this is a little side note, but this is, um, I did a, a, a solo podcast and I created a video on this the other day and it's kind of interesting. It's like, um, be what you want to become. So first off, if you're seeing guys like Colin, who's... Um, you know, a thought leader and um, gets featured on podcasts. If you want to get featured on more podcasts, be a podcaster. You will get featured on more podcasts. If you want to speak on stages, create stages and platforms to have other people speak on. If you want people to refer you more business, be the person to take the extra action to refer business to other people, right? Everything reciprocates eventually. And it's just the way the universe works. It's not, it's not a crazy, um, it's like a science, right? So like w- when I have guests on, I always ask them, Hey, wh- what kind of resources are you looking for right now? Like what's the highest priority that you have right now? And they say, well, we're trying to hire a marketing assistant and I'll say, okay, cool. I'll go to my email list and I'll send an email out. Hey, does anybody know of, um, uh, uh, anybody have any marketing assistance for hire or looking to hire or are you someone who might be interested in this? And I create opportunities for people because I know that'll reciprocate down the line. I expect nothing in return, but I give to people first before I take.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a great example, and it's and it's not rocket science. It's not it, it. It's actually simple. It's not easy. It does require work and consistency and creating that habit of doing that. Um, and once you have that sort of mindset shift, um, you know, and, and you, after you do it for a while, it will start to pay off. You don't know when, how, or whatever the case is, but most of these people will turn into clients, referral sources, or sometimes both. Mm. Yeah. So Connor, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. How can people get into your world and find out, you know, more about what you're working on and, and what's top of mind for you?
1: Yeah, um, definitely check out our B2B Mentors podcast. It's on all major podcast apps. We stream it live to LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, The Works. Um, So check that out, B2B Mentors. If you Google my name, Connor, C-O-N-N-O-R, Doobie, D-U-B-E, you can pretty much find all my socials. Um, I'm like uh, pretty much take up the whole first page of Google content, stuff I've written over the years, uh, and uh, connect with me. Send me a DM. Love to hear from you guys. Anything I can, you know, do to open some doors for you, happy to, um, you know, make sure you're you're taking advantage of mentorship like what Colin's providing you because you may be looking at him like, hey, this is stuff I want to be doing. Reach out to the guy, right? Send him, send him a DM. I guarantee he'll help you out. And And that's the most important thing you can do in your life to grow is to get access to mentors, get access to people who are in positions of where you want to be.
0: Yeah. I love that. And thanks again for coming on, man. We'll drop all those links in the show notes so people can check out your show and uh, get into your world. If you enjoyed today's episode, write us a review, share the show with your friends. We're always listening for your feedback as well. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free, salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.